welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World many times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week, I'm answering listener questions and talking best dates to go to Disney World in 2020, so let's dive in. again, everyone, and welcome to episode 49. In this show, I'm going to answer some great listener questions I've received recently, as well as share my picks for the best dates to visit Walt Disney World in 2020. I recently updated my blog post about the best dates to go to Walt Disney World with dates for 2020. So I wanted to share them with you here on the podcast as well. So let's get right to the questions. Carolyn asks, we are arriving at Walt Disney World on December 28th and staying outside the resort. We know we cannot make our Fast Pass selections until 30 days prior to our first park day. If we are getting six-day tickets, do we have to make our Fast Pass selections 30 days prior to each park visit, or can we make our Fast Pass selections for each park and day of our visit 30 days prior to the first day? Hope that makes sense. It does, Carolyn, and it's a really common question, and I wish I had a better answer for you. Unfortunately, when you stay off property, which is what you're referring to, you're not staying at a resort that has access to the 60-day Fast Pass window when you stay at a Disney-owned resort or select other resorts that are on Disney property, not owned by Disney. Oh, you do have to make them one day at a time for your six-day tickets. So every day, 30 days in advance of the day you want to go, you have to get on the Disney app or the site and make your fast pass selections then. So it's becoming increasingly obvious to me that the for a longer trip at least the 60-day fast pass window is a great benefit not just for better access to fast passes for just for ease of making your fast pass reservations all in one sitting and you don't have to log back on every day so elizabeth asks quick random question coffee is there a coffee maker in all rooms we'll be at all star I read a blog somewhere that said you can pack your own coffee and enjoy it in your room. Thanks in advance. So Elizabeth, at this point in time, and this is November of 2019, it depends on which all-star resort you're staying at. So all-star movies has been completely renovated now, and the new rooms do have a coffee maker. It's an individual coffee maker with little pods, not a Keurig, but just the little coffee pods. And um, so you'll be all set with that. You can ask for more coffee at any point if you need it from just calling mousekeeping from your room. Now, music, All-Star Music is in the process of being renovated now. I don't think there's many rooms done. So that means these are the old rooms that have no coffee. So I suggest bringing something with you from home. Now, I have like a little individual pod coffee maker that I have packed in my bag and taken with me before. It's super lightweight, and I think I got it at Goodwill, but I have seen them at Walmart and Target for, you know, under $20. They're really affordable. And um, I have brought that with me to the room because I really like to have coffee in the room when I was traveling with my young daughter by myself, and I couldn't just like leave the room to go get coffee anytime I wanted. So um, the same applies for all stars sports. 
that those are the old rooms there as well at this point. So as they go move through and renovate all the all of the all stars, they'll all eventually have the coffee makers. But at this point in time, if you're staying at music or sports, you have to BYOC. Bring your own coffee? Yes. Okay, Ty asks, hello, I've been following your podcast. Thanks, Ty. Myself, my spouse, one and two-year-old will be at Disney World from 1220 to 1226, Magic Kingdom on Christmas Day, which we were super excited about. We are staying at the Hilton Palace in Disney Springs, and I'm worried about transportation to the parks. I don't really want to pay extra for parking. We are driving down, as we are already paying a big parking fee at the hotel, but I'm worried about I'm worried transportation won't be reliable. What is your advice? We are going to Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. So Ty, you are not alone. I've been getting lots of questions about the shuttle bus for the Disney Springs hotels lately. Unfortunately, I did stay this year at the Holiday Inn at Disney Springs, and I was able to snap pictures of the shuttle bus schedule. So I have the information for you. There's two bus routes that service the Disney Springs hotels, and the Hilton Palace is on Bus Route B, which services the Best Western there at uh, Disney Springs, the Wyndham, Lake Buena Vista, and the Hilton Palace. It says on the schedule, service comes every 30 minutes, starting an hour before the parks open and 90 minutes after closing. Service to Magic Kingdom drops you off and picks you up at the Transportation and Ticket Center. This is a big difference from the Disney-owned resort buses that drop you right at the gates to Magic Kingdom. So if you're dropped at the TTC, or Transportation and Ticket Center, you'll have to take the ferry to Magic Kingdom or the monorail. So it does add extra time and hassle to getting to Magic Kingdom, but you just have to plan accordingly if you're going to take that shuttle. Now the other parks are more convenient. They do drop you off right at the entrance. There's no additional transportation. However, it's said on the flyer that the bus may stop at multiple parks. So for example, if you get on the bus to go to Epcot, it may also stop at Hollywood Studios, for example. So you do just need to plan for lots of time, especially if the bus only comes every 30 minutes. If you get to the bus stop and see it pulling away, that could be quite a wait. And I'm sure that varies as well. You know, the next bus might come in 15 minutes, but you need to be prepared to wait up to 30 minutes. And I would say be prepared to to take up to 30 minutes to get to your destination. It may be faster, but if you're, you know, going to Epcot, unloading people and then going over to Hollywood Studios that could take, you know, 25 minutes. So I hope that answered your question. And um, I wish the answer was better. It is a drawback of the Disney Springs hotels is that the bus service is, I mean, quite a bit lacking compared to the Disney resorts, in my opinion, it will get you there, but it could potentially take quite a while. Next, Kelly asks, my brother and his family, wife and five-year-old son, will be coming over from Germany in November, and we're taking my nephew on his first Walt Disney World trip. We'll be splitting the cost and booking of the adventure. Very interested in these DVC rental options and can't wait to look further into it. If my German family books the hotel and I purchase the tickets, do you know how we'd connect everything in my Disney experience? We'd also want the Magic Bands to get shipped to my place in Florida rather than Germany. Does this sound like it would be possible or a nightmare? Well, not a nightmare at all. This is definitely possible, Kelly. And this is right in my wheelhouse. It's very easy to connect everything in my Disney experience. First, everyone needs a profile in my Disney experience. You can create one for everyone if they don't already have one and then send them an email invite to connect so they can manage the plans on their own as well. Then anyone can add plans for the group, tickets, resort reservations after you make the reservations, 
um, dining reservations and so on. So everyone can kind of plan collaboratively there. If you want the Magic Band sent to your house, you just need to make sure that that is the shipping address when you go to customize your bands, that is to pick the colors and names. And I believe your address should also be the address on record for the reservation. And they would still be able to pay for it if they would like, but when they make the reservation through DVC rental, or if they're going through an owner, just make sure that your name is on the reservation and then it doesn't matter if they pay for it. So everything should work seamlessly. I just think your account should be the account on record for the reservation. So all of the paperwork and the magic bands come to your address. And I want to quickly add to this, I've had questions lately about linking tickets bought from third parties to my Disney experience and particularly will call tickets. So some people are concerned when they buy their tickets that they've gotten will call tickets, which traditionally means you have to go to the ticket window to pick up your tickets that day. And they're worried they won't be able to make their fast pass reservations in advance if they have will call tickets. So rest assured that is not the case. So any Disney ticket comes with a confirmation number, you know, a number on the ticket media or in the email that you receive as confirmation you've bought the Disney tickets. And they can you can use that number to link the tickets to a My Disney Experience account, whether they're will call tickets or any kind of ticket media. And so you would just go into your My Disney Experience account and there is a place there to link reservations. And so that is where you would do it. So fear not, if you have what we call tickets, you will still be able to link them and make your FastPass reservations in advance. Next, Danny says, we are going in October and I'm just learning a FastPass. I did sign up, but I noticed not many things are still left. Do you know if things open up for FastPass the day of? Will I be able to secure spots with the app? Also, we are staying off Disney property. Do you think we need the armbands? Also, where can you get them last minute? Thanks. So these are great questions and I'm going to tackle them one at a time here, Danny. And this was from, you know, a month or so ago. So it was still in October. It must have been right before your trip. Um, do things open up the day of for FastPass? A little bit, but not very much, unfortunately. People do move their FastPass reservations around quite a bit day of. That most commonly happens when people will make a FastPass reservation for attraction, go to the attraction and find that the standby wait is non-existent. And then they'll move that FastPass to another attraction that is still available to take advantage of not having to wait in line. And so they do open up the day of, and it's just the luck of the draw if you'll get anything or not. But I would say they open up more in the mornings than they do later in the afternoon as people are shifting things around during the day. So do check, but um, it is kind of hit or miss with that. Um, I get this question a lot about magic bands. Those are the arm bands you're referring to. And if you're staying off property, should you buy them or not? And I really think it depends on how many days you're going to the parks and if you have um, a memory maker package or not, or if you plan to utilize PhotoPass a lot. So when you're staying off property, you can link magic bands. You can buy them and link them to your My Disney Experience account. The functionality of them is more limited than when you're staying at a Disney resort. So when you're staying off property, you can use them as your park ticket media. So that would be scanning your magic band to get into the parks. You can use them when you're redeeming fast passes. So you just tap your magic band to redeem a fast pass. And you can also use them if you get pictures taken by the photo pass photographers in the park. They will ask to scan your magic band 
after you get your picture taken and as that's a, as opposed to having to scan your ticket media which i believe they would do or they would just give you a little card which you'd have to go on to the photopass site and link that number on the card to your account and then your pictures would show up so if you're going to be going to the parks for I, I don't know. I just have to randomly pick a number four days or more. To some people, it might be worth it for three days or more. You're going to be spending a lot of time digging into your pocket and fishing out your card to get into the parks to use your three or more fast passes for day, per day. And if you're using PhotoPass to every time dig in your pocket for that. And I think at that point, it makes sense to spend the $15 to get a magic band for everyone in your party. And there is just the novelty of the magic band. It's quite fun and colorful and it, you know, makes your vacation seem more magical. So that is my opinion on them. But some people buy them for just a few days in the park as a souvenir and a fun way to add to their trip. But I would say, you know, um, it really makes sense to do it if you're going to the parks for four or more days. I hope I answered your questions. Next, Angela says, I'm looking to book a Disney World Epcot vacation with just my hubby and I. Yes, we think Disney is romantic. I don't know where to start, but we are thinking February 2020. Any ideas on where would be fun for us to stay? We need a romantic getaway. <laughs> First, Angela, I don't think it's weird to think Disney World is romantic. My husband and I went a lot before we had kids, just the two of us, and we had a wonderful time. And I hear you about needing a romantic getaway. So these are my recommendations. These are the places that we liked the most when we went as couple, as a couple. Um, first was Port Orleans French Quarter. It's a nice small resort. It feels kind of intimate there. And the grounds are really beautiful. Um, you know, they evoke the French Quarter of New Orleans and they're really nice. So I like that a lot as a couple's trip. I also love Animal Kingdom Lodge. I think it's just the best resort, but I also really like it for couples. There's so much for to do there at the resort that is geared towards adults. I think you'd really like that. And third, I like Wilderness Lodge. If you like that aesthetic, I find there's also a lot to do there for adults. There's good uh, places to eat and drink and, um, there are many other resorts that would be great, but those are my personal picks, since you're asking my opinion. Let's move on to my picks for the best dates to visit Walt Disney World in 2020. And I do need to mention that on the blog post about this topic, which I will link to in the show notes, there's a free printable calendar where I have highlighted my picks for the best dates exactly to go. And so you might want to reference that and print it out. It would be much easier than listening. So I love going in fall to Walt Disney World, particularly the end of September. Now, it is hot this time of year. I don't underestimate how hot it will be at the end of September. You might think fall. No, it can be 90 degrees every day in, in Orlando this time of year. However, you will experience fairly low crowds. Disney has done a really good job of distributing crowds throughout the year. There is no longer a time when you will have low, low crowds at Walt Disney World. And that is, you know, to make the experience more enjoyable for everyone and spread out those peak crowds throughout the year. However, this time will be generally lower than October, which has become a very popular time to go, particularly school breaks, as there's more year-round schools that take breaks in October. It has become a more popular time of year to go. Now, I like the end of September because you get Food and Wine Festival, you get Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween parties, and they're the cheaper parties. So <laughs> the cost of the Halloween party increases as you get closer to Halloween. So these are some of the most affordable parties of the year. They're not as brutal 
equally hot as the August parties, because of course there's Halloween parties in August at Walt Disney World. Um, and it's one of the most affordable times of years for hotel rates and particularly renting DVC points. It's the um, cheapest time of year to rent DVC points. So I like to hit that last week of September where it's a little bit cooler and um, it's still the lowest prices of the year. So my next pick is early November. So it will be significantly cooler now. You're still looking at highs around 80 or in the upper 70s. Um, the crowds are pretty reasonable. It is slightly more expensive than September, but you can get the start of the holiday happenings that you can get the first Mickey's Very Merry Christmas parties in early November, and you also get the end of Food and Wine Festival. So if you like the appeal of that time of year for Food and Wine Fest and the holiday happenings, um, then that is a great time to go. Next, April after Easter and in 2020, Easter is on April 12th and then until Memorial Day weekend. So this is a more expensive time of year, but weather. It is just the best weather of the year, I think, in Orlando. And the crowds are quite to tolerable, particularly right after Easter. So I've noticed in general, if you can visit right after a holiday, very few people are traveling. A lot of people have traveled over the holiday and not many people want to travel immediately after the holiday. So that is a time I have gone several times in the past and had a great time. Okay, my pick for the next time is also right after a holiday, right after Thanksgiving weekend. And in 2020, that is Monday, November 30th, through about the second weekend in December, I really like to go to Walt Disney World. So the weather this time of year can be spotty, but the crowds and the cost are much less than trying to visit for the holidays during the peak Christmas season. So this is no longer a super low crowd time of year, but I still like to go for all of the holiday magic without the insane crowd. And my last pick is January after marathon weekend, and that is um, January 12th in 2020 through the end of February. Now, this you have to avoid a few holiday weekends this time of year. That would be Martin Luther King weekend and President's Day weekend. And I have noticed this time is traditionally really easy to find availability at the Disney resorts, but I'm not able to really find it for this year in 2020, I mean. So that suggests to me that many people may have planned trips for this time of year to experience Galaxy's Edge because now at that time, all of the attractions will be open in Galaxy's Edge and it is after the holidays. So this is normally a really low crowd time of year. I don't think the crowds in the theme parks will be insane by any stretch, but I think they will be above average for this time of year due to the opening of Galaxy's Edge. And this might be what people thought was a pretty safe time to go after all of the initial excitement has passed forward. It would be a good time to visit. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, everyone. And you may not know that you can become a patron of this podcast over at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the budget mouse. And with your small monthly contribution, starting at only $2 a month, you'll get access to special patrons only podcast episodes, as well as video content and extra blog posts. So please check that out if you're interested. And you can also find me on either of my websites, thebudgetmouse.com or thefrugalsouth.com. You can leave me a comment on any blog post and I may feature your question in an upcoming show. You can also send me a question through the Budget Mouse Facebook group and that you just have to search on Facebook for the Budget Mouse, ask to join and an, an admin will add you to the group. You can also find me on Instagram at the Budget Mouse or on Pinterest. The th thanks again, everyone, and have a magical day.